Goodest of good days there, podcast pals. What ho, watcha! And a warm welcome to Discontent Provider, the podcast that never fails to pick up dog shit and place it in the appropriate receptacle, however sparsely the rural authorities have seen fit to provide them. Oh, quite so. You'll know us if you ever see us. Arkham is unquestionably the world's greatest lurcher, and I, the Silver Fox, am a charming and enigmatic figure. Albeit a charming and enigmatic figure, often to be found clutching a steaming bag of uh, the less digestible elements of hero brand meaty chunks. Well, before we take the plunge into the fetid morass of this last week, and hopefully come up scowling, I'd like to reassure all those cats and kittens who I'm sure were deeply concerned for our shared well-being after last week's on-air confession of depression. We're both fine now, ambivalence and compromise, and the shock concomitant with both, have passed us by completely over the last few days. The bile is flowing freely, and every gland, duct and sphincter are working flat out to get it to where it needs to be. Frankly, it's a fucking joy. I'd almost go so far as to say that it's as big a thrill as watching former health minister and jungle-dwelling dipshit Matt Hancock bleating about being betrayed over the publishing of his Instagram messages. Now that has been a delight. Seeing a chap trusted by voters to A. Represent their constituency B. Handle a public health crisis with a reasonable modicum of competence and C. Not leap upon any chance to arrange cosy little deals with his chums then going on to make an utter yaks brunch of all three and finally attempting to talk about his trust being abused while keeping his developmentally challenged goldfish face straight is rare and exquisite stuff. That isn't, of course, to say that some of his complaints don't contain an element of legitimacy. By handing over some thousands of Instagram messages to a journalist, Isabel Oakshot, that she might help him with, i.e. ghostwrite, his eagerly anticipated memoirs... (coughs) Excuse me, uh, something must have gone down the wrong way when I had dinner five hours ago. Uh, it can be assumed that he would have expected to have a degree of control over which messages were to be placed before the public's eyes. And Ms Oakshot has unashamedly acknowledged that uh, she uh, broke a non-disclosure agreement by uh, passing the whole caboodle onto the Telegraph. Similarly, his remarks that the messages as presented in the Telegraph Uh, show a distorted account and were spun to fit an anti-lockdown agenda unquestionably carry some weight but that's hardly the point is it not when he i think it's fair to assume clearly hoped that they would be spun in his book to fit a matt hancock isn't a criminally irresponsible halfwit agenda no a plea based upon an appeal to objectivity so late in the day sounds to say the least thinner than cheap soup It could also be said that if he were at all nervous about uh, sensitive material leaking from the Westminster Instasphere into the real world, he could quite easily have taken a bit of time to write his fucking memoirs on his own, rather than buggering off to Australia to seek public approval by shoving live snakes up his dickhole. Well, uh, forgive me, I've never watched I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, so uh, perhaps I'm extrapolating a touch too freely from what I've heard. Well, Well, I think the point is valid in principle. And principle is what I'd like to concentrate upon here. I I don't intend to relitigate the magnitude of the whole COVID-19 issue, nor the government's handling of it in general. Safe to say that uh, I rather miss the word coronavirus when it became passe. 
There are doubtless people far better qualified to do so than a run-down anti-foker and a dog who, thanks to living in the middle of nowhere's arse end, were largely unaffected by the pandemic. However, information shedding light upon ministerial decisions and how they came to be is unquestionably in the public interest if we are to judge how much of what happened was the result of sound thinking, how much down to misinformation or honest misconception and how much of it was born of wholly political rather than clinical reasoning. Not that some of the weirder shit isn't worthy of comments, of course. Can we just hand wave that somebody at one point mooted that all domestic cats might have to be slaughtered to contain the virus? I suppose that at such a time people are duty bound to explore any and all avenues of thought, but even so, a touch on the strong side, eh what? And I say that as one who isn't particularly a cat person. To return to the point of those better qualified to sift through the ooze of top-level policymaking, however, one criticism made by those disapproving of the Telegraph's publication of the juicier messages is that all these unleashed tidbits might in some way preempt or otherwise compromise the ongoing Covid inquiry. Well, speaking candidly, and as a one-time keen swimmer who used the local pool during the cheaper off-peak hours where the pensioners held sway, I have seen some astoundingly unattractive low-hanging bollocks in my time, but this line of thought is snow-thicketed balls of the highest and most outlandish and remarkable order. Presumably those messages were already at the inquiry's disposal, and if their assessment of them differs in any way from that of popular opinion, they are, one would think, eminently capable of justifying their conclusions. So the idea that they might be tempted to adjust their findings to suit the prevailing view on Twitter doesn't really hold a lot of water. Uh, Perhaps the real fear here is that the inquiry can no longer sit on the dashed things and will have to deal with them in plain sight. I'm not imputing the integrity of those making up the inquiry here, you understand, but whether they are or whether they are not completely on the up and up, surely the more publicly um, uh, available information they have can only be a good thing. There are, after all, absolutely people who tend to look a mite squiggle-eyed at such proceedings and are ready to cry whitewash on general principles before the tea and biscuits have been served at their first committee meeting. So, you would think that revelations that could lay such cynical speculations to rest in Stanta would be gratefully received all around. Oh, there's another thing. Uh, Those who have been carping about the exposure of these little chats on the gram... I won't call it Insta. I, I just won't. Uh, they have been in the main Tory loyalists. The same people who, when discussing stuff like CCTV with facial recognition systems, stop and search, internet surveillance, will be the first to screech, If you've got nothing to hide, you've got nothing to fear, with all the verve and volume of trained parakeets. Any of them not willing to apply that principle to Hancock et al. are encouraged herewith to blow it out of their asses. Speaking of public inquiries, yesterday saw the announcement by Dominic Raab of the establishment of an independent public advocate that will serve the interests of those affected by large-scale disasters or emergencies, such as the Grenfell Tower fire and the Hillsborough tragedy. Uh, This panel of experts will, according to the government's website, ensure that, quote, the voices of victims and their families will be better heard right from the immediate aftermath of a tragedy until all inquiries and inquests are concluded. Unquote. This means that there's a very good chance that this new formed IPA will be able to weigh in on the COVID inquiry, 
Well, unless, you know, it's wrapped up with Chilcot-style briskness. I wouldn't count on that, however. If Kia Starmer is to be believed, the inquiry has already clocked up 85 million quid in costs and not a single government minister has yet been called before it. But once again, we have to say that this is apparently a good and definitely a necessary idea. But when one looks closely at it, I'm afraid to say the old ticker takes a bit of a plunge. The expert panel will be made up of former social workers, uh, ex-civil servants, retired doctors, emergency service professionals with media experience and community leaders. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of relevant experiences and uh, qualifications there, to be sure. But some might point out that words such as lawyers, detectives or investigators are a little conspicuous by their absence, wouldn't you say? However good the expert panel is, and I'm really not casting aspersions here, I think that grieving families might be a little more reassured about the organisation's efficacy if it also contained some cast and kittens with a firm grasp on the law or with a background in rooting out criminality and bullshit. Certainly, no one could argue with goals such as <clears throat> signposting victims to vital financial, physical and mental health services, or making sure that they understand processes and their rights. That's exactly what the doctor, retired or otherwise, ordered. But does it go far enough? The uh, IPA will also, we are told, ensure that victims of or their loved ones can fully participate in the investigation when there is a right for them to do so. Now, quite how the time that those people have rights, or how far said rights extend, as uh, how that's been determined isn't exactly made clear, but surely any government with a genuine commitment to transparency and accountability would concede that about the only right victims don't have when it comes to sorting through the wreckage is that of being able to pick up a scalpel and join in with the post-mortems. Will the IPA be able to demand certain questions be asked? Will their representatives be able to ask questions themselves or subpoena witnesses? It's to be hoped so. But as none of these things have been explicitly spelled out, at least as far as I've been able to maintain, uh, I'd guess that they might not be. What we could end up, up with then is a helpful and definitely well-meaning bunch of social workers being told to fuck off out of it by the establishment. Uh, perhaps I sound jaundiced. Perhaps I am jaundiced. But is it any wonder... All this has happened in the same week when Michael Gove casually suggested, either as serious policy or as a reminder that he's still a political tough cookie, that the parents of children who repeatedly bunk off school should have their child benefit withdrawn. Pure dog-whistling nonsense, of course. It quickens the pulse of those conditioned to think that benefit means scrounging underclass, without pausing to consider that child benefit is available to all families and isn't income-related and uh, completely failed to address the incredibly complex web of causes that might be behind truancy. Ah, nor does it give a thought to how exactly hard-pressed working parents might not be able to account for every second in their offspring's day. No, the important thing is, it uh, looks like he's trying to crack down on anyone who has the temerity to be either poor or young. Especially the young! who, knife crime, vandalism, critical race theory, drill music, binge drinking, bring back national service, etc, etc. It's a knock at the entitlement culture, is what it is. That culture whereby people feel that they can demand that their kids shouldn't starve, 
that their homes shouldn't be made out of napalm and sandpaper, and that when they raise an eyebrow about massive corporate or government incompetence or corruption, they can expect a straight answer. Imagine that sort of nerve, eh, what? Well, they can fuck right off. MPs' horses need to be kept snug and warm, and homes' tests for Covid have to be couriered expressly to ministers' houses before any of their grubby little concerns can be addressed. Didn't the plebhole schools they went to teach them about stiffening the upper lip? Just where exactly did they get off wanting things? <sighs> but I fear that I may once again have said too much, or at the very least, may have strained some delicate inner component with that last bit. Time to wander off, I think. We'll be back in a week, but until then, many thanks for downloading this week. Uh, from me, the Silver Fox, and from Arkham, the Black and White Dog. As ever, all views expressed to my own and should be used for entertainment purposes only. All facts and quotes are lifted from reputable sources and transcribed as accurately as possible. If this podcast has been your bag, don't be afraid to persuade those around you that it might be theirs as well. And should you fancy giving us a tip-top review on whichever podcast app you cull it from, you'll receive our eternal gratitude. That's about it then. A song will be along to entertain you shortly. You spoilt, entitled bastards. Cheerio! Cats unbag, the truth is out, you've just read how we talk about the lives and deaths of those we're here to rule. Forget the spin, forget the lies, you've seen firsthand how we despise the trash that didn't go to public school. Don't you feel remorse or shame? Not one bit with a ruling class. Is this all some kind of game? Yes, and we're winning, so kiss our ass. You see, it's pretty much preordained. We're the wealthy and bloodstained bastards who will always be on top. We know that you've got lots of questions, but take note of this kind suggestion. Don't say things that make our friends look bad. We're all about full accountability, unless our donors bear liability. Then we'll just make out your raving mad. Grandpa burned to death in a fire. There's no way it could be prevented. You're a bunch of barefaced liars. It's all his fault. He shouldn't have rented. Don't go giving us dirty looks. We played the game and we've closed the books. Be thankful he got cremated free of charge. Behind the scenes you've seen our shoddy ways and means Ask yourself what difference does it make? 
You've seen the harsh unfeeling words of harsh unfeeling elected turds. You know that we're shit thick or on the make. But so what, what can you do? Vote you out at the next election. So who really cares about you? That's true, it's a poor selection. The plutocrats still call the tune for Tory Spivor, leftist loon. We're still on top and we don't give a tuppenny fuck. 